a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Are Democrats missing the boat when it comes to talking about inflation? Inflation is probably going to stick around for a while, and it is definitely the number one concern for a large part of the electorate. But sometimes it seems like the party is only communicating to a progressive upper class who's felt the problem very differently from the rest of America. They've ignored a lot of the small wins. And again, a lot of this comes down to a communication strategy equal to the policy strategy. And really interesting, there was a piece in the Washington Post uh, that the Democrats are working through the five stages of inflation grief. A uh, great piece by Catherine Rample, who we've had on this show before. And she goes through the fact that uh, part of the, the problem for the Democrats facing inflation, because it is top of mind, uh, and they have known that it is top of mind for most Americans for over a year so this is one of those interesting things. Again, set the politics of it aside for a second and just look at it from a year ago in some deep dive polling. The numbers were presented uh, to the administration and to the Democratic Party that eight out of 10 Americans were really worried about inflation. Eight out of 10 is a big number. Uh, you can't get eight out of 10 people to agree on a whole lot of anything these days. But 8 out of 10 saying that inflation really worries them, that it's a real struggle for them. And instead, what the administration did was kind of went through the five stages of grief. So their first mode was simply denial. And you remember a year ago and every comment coming out of the White House, every White House press conference included the fact that inflation was not a thing. They weren't worried about it. It's just not a thing. It's just uh, talking points from their political opponents. And there is no inflation problem. And so they were in that stage of denial. But then, of course, as the, the summer went on and the inflation didn't go away and the pressure kept mounting, uh, they, they went into the typical thing you do in that five stages of Greece. You go into anger and you get frustrated. And so you start pointing fingers and placing blame. It's, it's the greedy oil companies. Uh, it's what's happening in this part of the world. Uh, it has nothing to do with what we're doing or not doing. Uh, and so they went into that stage of denial and then into anger. And then they started to, to bargain just a little bit. And so you saw a flurry of activities in the fall and even uh, into the early uh, days of this year where there were some things that the president did to try to ease the pain. The president hit the road and told the American people he could feel their pain and he was doing a few things, uh, mostly symbolic in nature, but 
Uh, he he uncorked the Strategic Petroleum Reserve a little bit. Uh, he's done it much more since, but early on it was just a, a little trickle here, trying to do something symbolic. Uh, there were also some things about antitrust probes into some of the the big companies and organization. Uh, you know, some uh, announcements here and there about the uh, the port. Uh, of course, when the supply chain things all came to uh, unraveling halt. Uh, the I, the answer was that we're just going to run them 24-7, or as we like to call it, overnight shipping. Uh, and so as they went through this process, uh, now they're kind of in this stage of grief, depression, and acceptance. And will they get to both of those? Uh, the depression may come because uh, the poll numbers have not been favorable to the president over the last little bit. Uh, there's still plenty of time for the president and his party to to rebound that it's an eternal uh, eternity to the uh, elections in november this year and how that will impact the midterms but the the question is will they learn the lessons of this in terms of their strategy there were surely things that the administration could have pointed out things they could have highlighted better i think for the american people to say hey this this is a struggle this is a struggle but here's a win and here's something that's going well and you have to learn to do that. And it's been one of the struggles. And I think it's actually been one of the real frustrations from those on the political left with the president and his administration is that they haven't been telling those stories. But sort of the premise of it all and the reason I don't think they leaned into some of their wins was because they just didn't think inflation was going to be the thing. Because a year ago they said it's not a thing. And then remember last fall, they said it's a transitory thing. So it's just going to be here just a little bit and it'll just kind of drift on through. And now it's a thing and they have to deal with it. And so that's that becomes the ultimate test point for the president and for his party is to be able to get through all those stages of grief and then actually get to a strategy and a structure and a set of things they're going to deliver that will be helpful to the American people. So what, what are they going to do? That's the big question. So one of the things, of course, we've covered a lot recently was the proposal to uh, forgive big chunks of student debt. And, of course, you have to think that through all the way to the end of the row. Sounds good on the surface, might be popular with some, uh, might enrage some others who did it the hard way and, and paid their debts and worked through it. Uh, also, you have to factor in, if you forgive all of that debt, what's that going to do in terms of inflation pressures? Plus, you got to get it through to Congress. And, and that's uh, not always as easy as it looks. <laughs> and, it doesn't, and it never looks easy. Uh, it, is, it is a hard slog in the Senate these days. Uh, you also have uh, an option, and there's been lots of rumblings about this, of, of reviving some of the, the more... Uh, popular portions of the Build Back Better agenda from the president. Uh, that's a possibility. And there are some things that I think the people could get behind. And and this is why, from a strategy standpoint, uh, I think the administration missed the opportunity to uh, play some small ball, to just knock off some things in bite-sized, small pieces and get them done. Because I think there was some bipartisan support for some of those uh proposals from the president but when you strap them all together into a monstrosity of 1.9 trillion or 2.7 trillion or 3,000 pages of this or that it's tough to get that through 
And so I think the president could go back and slice and dice some of those Build Back Better components, and they could probably get them passed before everybody heads off in the fall to run for re-election. Now, one of the things that I think the president has to be very careful of, uh, and he only needs to look to the race from last November in Virginia, the governor's race, uh, to realize that the easy, the easy thing, and many consultants are already going down this path, is they're falling into this trap of fighting the last war. And they're pretending that the former president, Donald Trump, is on the ballot again. And they tried that in Virginia, the Democrats did, with a well-known candidate, with a lot of national money and national visibility and national endorsements, high-profile people traipsing through the state of Virginia, making the case for Terry McCullough. And it didn't work. Where the now governor, Yunkin, traveled the state of Virginia on his own, talked about issues that the people were worried about. Inflation, education, community. And it did work. And so that's going to be an interesting thing to see over the next couple of months is where do the Democrats go from here? Do they go back to fighting the last war and making this a, a President Trump battle 6.9 or do they move forward and make it about where are we going next what does the future actually look like and so to me it's an interesting thing for the democrats to to wrestle and move through they certainly can there's certainly ways to to move through the question is will they uh, or will their uh, ignoring of inflation end up causing them to fall into depression on election day in november all right, we're going to step aside for a quick commercial break. Much more to come on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.